Hey, Yolanda. Hey, Corey. Hey, Charlie. Hi, baby loves. Hello, hello. Yolanda, first, I need the color of this lipstick you're wearing right now. It's everything. Ooh, okay, so the S. You don't know. <laughs> you don't know it, do you? I don't That's know okay. It. Is it a blend? I, yes, it is a blend. You know we're the queens of blending, right? Sure is, sure I saw, is. I saw, I was like, you know what? I'm feeling fallish. So let me put um, a, um, a ox blood I was lip, say, it's right? me ox blood, it's maroon. Ox blood. Meanwhile, it's like a dollar um, <laughs> lipstick from Dwayne Reed. And then I had a liner and I was like, oh, let me put the liner on it. I had a lot. Those drugstore brands come through. But Wet and wild. My niece gave me something called Broadway Gala something. <laughs> and at first I was kind of judging her. I was like, what does she know about giving me mm. lipstick? But then I put it on and she's like, Auntie Corey, I think it'll look good on you. It's nice and dark. Mm. And I was like, what does she know? And then I put it on and now I've been rocking it every day. <laughs> every day. See? I live for my, I think it's L'Oreal, Revlon Color Stay. Revlon mm-hmm. Color Stay. I have to scrub that off with a makeup wipe. Really? Okay? Wait, that red will last try, all day. You got to work it out. Mm-hmm. Good, good, good. Anyway, with so much to talk about booze, but first and foremost, Twitter love. Twitter love. But before we get into Twitter, reminder, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. We love to hear your thoughts. Please let us know. Subscribe. You don't want to miss an episode, and you can talk to us directly by following us at Yolizama, at Manwife Dog, and at Corey Murray. And remember to use the hashtag YesGirlPodcast. So this week in the Twitter love department, we got a shout out. Okay. Stephanie M. Hughes at SRM Hughes. Okay, I love Stephanie because she tweets every week. So shout out to Stephanie. She's my Spelman sister. She stays on the Yes Girl podcast hashtag. And she says, at Corey Murray, Corey Murray at Manwave Dog at Essence. Did I miss something? Are you on hiatus? It's Thursday. Where in the world is hashtag Yes Girl podcast? Girl, thank you for missing us. We had some technical difficulties. But then we got it together. So. By Friday. Yes. But yes. thank you for noticing. Thank you. Thank you. I want to shout out at Creative Poet. Getting my whole life right now listening to the Yes Girl podcast. So many real gems pouring out of my phone. At Essence, at Tamron Hall, at Man Wife Dog. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, hey, Miss Blow, M-Z-B-L-W. And she says, Yes Girl is my life right now. And of course, Miss Logic. Hey, girl. Yes Girl with Tishina Arnold and Flex and Shanice already has has me ready for life and love. Oh, I love it. I love that the episodes we love, everybody else loves too. Yeah, thank you. Well, speaking of love, who's our guest today? Lonnie Love. Lonnie Love. Host of The Real. Co-host of The Real. Oh, that was cute how you guys did that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It worked. That was smart, mm-hmm. right? You see, you Real smart. Things. Smart black girls. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> we talked to Lonnie when we were in doing our little L.A. tour. You know, we was, you know, putting it down. We did a stint in L.A. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> we're ready for another stint, by the way. We LA, are. We're, we'll, we will see Who's you. Who's flying us out? Right. We're about mm-hmm. to find a sponsor. Give me a donation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so what's on our minds, ladies? Where do we start? Okay, Beyonce turned 36. Six. Mm-hmm. Um, what I would like to know is how can I get Michelle Obama to acknowledge my birthday? <laughs> And dress up in an outfit. That was everything. First, I thought it was fake. I will be honest. Me too. I did think it was fake. And then also the fact Serena just had a baby and she still put this outfit on. And well, she had those pregnancy boobs in the photo, though. That's true. Which let me think that she she did it some time ago. But she just had the baby like a week ago. Maybe she did it before the baby. Right. That's what I'm saying. Oh, you think they knew? Orchestrated. I think they've been working on this for months because it debuted on Beyonce's site as a surprise to her. All of the people, right, tribute, yeah. giving her a tribute to her Super formation, cute. It was, which was super cute. Some of the 
them did look a little photoshopped. No shade. Like maybe some people wanted to be included but didn't get to do the shoot. Mm-hmm. I was looking at like neck to body ratios. I'm just oh my god, Charlie is the queen of <laughs> neck to body ratio. No, but I mean they were. Su- it was super cute. I mean, a lot of it looked legit. You know what I mean? But I'm, I'm not saying it wasn't legit. But I don't think everybody was there. Quite. No, yeah. I hear you. Yeah, now we work you. in creative. We know how that goes. But still, happy birthday, Beyonce. Yes. Congratulations, Serena. Also, Zendaya turned 21. Yeah, I can't believe she's only 21. I know. She has an old soul. So Y'all just much. gonna talk over the fact that Serena had her baby during the I U.S. Open? No, I'm saying during the U.S. Open. <laughs> Y'all just gonna talk about it. She went into labor in Labor Day weekend. Like, there's just so much to oh, unpack that's there. So cute. It was I didn't even. I didn't even. It was cute. Make that. Oh, by the way, shout out to Sloane Stevens and all the black women at the U.S. Open. Venus Williams. Madison, Madison Keys. Keys. Shout out to Madison Keys. I was reading it's the first time that three black women are playing at the U.S. Open at the same time. Wow, that's history. So, awesome. black Girl Congratulations, Serena, again. What's next? What's next? Okay, so we're still heartbroken for Texas and Houston and Hurricane Harvey victims. Um, survivors, really, is what I should say, because it's amazing to see everybody just, the relief efforts are in full effect. The storm has passed, and we everybody's just trying to go back to their homes and figure out what to do and how to recover. The whole city's trying to recover. Um, so we're proud of you, Houston. I can't even imagine. Stay strong, Houston. Stay strong. Seriously. Prayers with you. And now prayers for the Caribbean, actually. Um, Hurricane Irma is now barreling through i have a personal connection uh, my daughter's father works in haiti so mm. he's there and this would be like the second hurricane oh my God. so there's haiti being affected virgin dominican Re- dominican republic virgin islands Puerto you know Rico. he sent me videos from saint bart's um guadalupe like it's horrible so please stay safe please try to stay dry and we are continuing praying for us but we're also heartbroken because of what's happening here in the states now, thanks to the Trump administration, is ending the Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals program. Um, and Yolanda, I saw you posted on Instagram about it yesterday because you have yeah. a personal connection to this. Yes. So I am an immigrant um, born in South Africa, came here um, as a refugee. And um, I was sharing on Instagram, I was just social, about how when I was younger, you when you're not legal, in the states it's a very difficult emotionally place to occupy because i would get letters all the time like oh you're going to get deported in 30 days um um, and i know sometimes i later found out that they do those just as a like if you haven't submitted a form they'll send you this letter but i got at least three in my teen years and and that is like imagine i remember once i was like um, it was summertime and I was in like Harlem or something and like just having fun. And then I went home and I opened the mail. It was like a great day. And then you get that letter and it's like, oh shit. You know, like it would just send me into this whirlwind. Yeah. And I can just imagine what it's like for these kids now that are, you know, the dreamers are in their their teens, their twenties. Um, this is the only country kids. they've known. Yeah. They don't speak, you know, um, you know, and a lot of times we, when we think of dreamers, we're thinking of, you know, Mexico and South America, but you know, there's a lot of black dreamers too. So mm-hmm. people that look like you Haitians, and I, absolutely. a lot of Africans. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, people are going to work each day. People are going to college people. You know, there was a one story of the dreamer that saved all these people in at hurricane during hurricane Harvey. So we're like, we're, you know, I'm not a dreamer, but I feel like I'm part of that. I, I know that experience. Um, 
you know, we're, we're um, part of this community. We're part of the, you know, we, we pay taxes, you know, we do everything else that everybody else does. Um, and it's just really heartbreaking that we would uh, be separated in this way. Um, that's what I was sharing on social. And I want to do more. I don't know about you guys, um, especially for teen immigrants. So I'm going to, I'm looking up some stuff to see what I can do to give back and help other kids that were me, you know, 10 years ago because I was a teenager 10 years ago I just can't, I can't only nothing. 10 years ago I was a teenager oh. <laughs> you're so youthful I'm very youthful with two kids I can't <laughs> had a 12 can't. no but it is it is sad it is and sad. it is heartbreaking and I can't even imagine these people's lives being upended I know. and yeah. being sent back to a place or country that isn't home yeah. Nope. Because someone's telling you that's your home. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I, y'all, I'm just, I'm telling you self-care because every day it feels like something it's else. Something. something else. You know, um, Trump, it seems like he's just trying to dismantle Trump, uh, Obama's legacy. Everything. One every, step at a every time. Every part of it. Every part of it. But one thing I will say in the Obama spirit is that this is an opportunity for us to galvanize together yeah. and get together. So when you find out how we can help, I would love to do that because yeah. um, immigration is something close to me because, you know, now with my, my personal affiliation with it, it's like, it's you right know, at your doorstep. It's right there. Yeah, it's right there. So. Obama responded, by the way. I know. I said it. Oh, I honestly, oh, I don't have it, it was here. So it was so beautiful. It was so beautiful. Multiple tweets. But he basically was like, this isn't what we do. No. This isn't us. Yeah. Um. You know, and it was great because it reminded me, um, you know, in case you forget what a real president sounds like. Yes. He brought it back. Mm-hmm. I saw the comments and people were like, you know, just I miss you so much. Yeah, yeah. Like just, you know, we gotten so used to chaos and hate yeah. coming from our government and the White House and legislation and all of these things that it was like, oh, right. There was a time where the president's words could comfort us. Well, speaking of self-care, after power. Girl. I mean, I was a little late to do it. Okay. First and foremost, I need to do a spoiler alert. Yes. There is one very, very, very determined listener who wants us to know that she is not happy with us spilling the tea on all these shows without a spoiler alert. We hear you. We heard you. Kind of. Look, spoiler alert, sis, but I will say I'm sorry that you haven't seen Insecure or Power by Thursday, but most people have, and I think we will definitely start saying spoiler alert. Our show is basically one big spoiler alert for these things, but let's be real. If you haven't watched something by Thursday, girl. They, everyone is talking about it at work on the it's internet everywhere on, on your timeline like, like you what are you mad at us mm. sis but you're right spoiler alert spoiler technically alert. now let's talk about the finale of our and girl let me send you my hbo go login <laughs> <laughs> i just feel like it's third, i mean so you like can watch it so we can talk <laughs> i mean but we hear you sis we appreciate the feedback but you know spoiler alert spoiler alert power <laughs> i watched it last night and because i don't think i could have taken it on sunday i think i needed a minute and it was everything I needed to be. Like, I realized I really need to go back and watch all those things. And Dre, Dre came, what? I Dre mean, is corrupt AF, okay? Dre is a problem. And I slept on Dre. I did too. I thought Dre was going to be like the sidekick. sidekick. Shout out Routine. Yeah, like, and then here he is, the ultimate nemesis. Yeah, I thought, I was like, oh, this is going to be his last season. This is it. And yeah. But I was like, whoa. You got Ghost Tommy and Keenan in the car, and they can't even figure out what to do with him. So, someone said um, Dre is like Littlefinger on Game of Thrones. <laughs> yes. I don't care. Yes. This is where I'm like, wait. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Oh, that was the like, Littlefinger was like the manipulative. Mani- like, okay. But okay. he really had all the power. Yeah. Oh, right? Because, I mean, when you're the master manipulator, and that's the thing, everybody, no one saw Dre, like, oh, th- he wasn't no. a threat. Yeah. Watch yep. your back. 
And one last thing I'll say on this, I love how all of them came to protect Tariq. Yes, that was <laughs> like, my like, Tasha, we're going to roll up this body, Ghost, Tommy. Like, it was dysfunctional as hell, but it was also dope. Congratulations, Tariq. You are now a gangster. You are, you are a, a criminal. <laughs> you are part of the family. Yes. I don't know, but also I'm not sure how I feel about Tasha having to. Can we just talk for a minute? Mm-hmm. Tasha's now going to suffer. She's the one that's probably going to go down for this. Remember they found the bullet? Oh, that's right. You know, um, and Angela said, oh, there's a bullet in there. And I'm assuming it's going to link to Tasha's, you know, to her gun. <sighs> yeah. But let's be real. How often look at the Felicia Blakely story and everything that just happened. Let's be real. Like oftentimes the women end up going down harder for their men's crime. And I'm wondering if they're going to go there about this. Think oh, about they have it. To, they have you to. know, like that's the next thing. Ghost was in jail. He got off. Yeah. And now Tasha. And also for my man. For my man. That's, exactly. That's my favorite Remember show. The, her new boo was like, I can't be a lover and a lawyer. And she was like, well, I just need you to be a lawyer. Here's your check. And oh, I was wow. mad for her because what she really needs is a new lover and a new start. And now, you know, she's protecting her babies, yeah. though. So I get it. But I'm like, Tasha's going to end up going down for this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That would be real. That yeah. would be the real twist. Well, anyway. What about that other fight we saw on TV Sunday night? <laughs> Issa Rae? Issa Issa, oh, well, Issa D, excuse me. Let's go to the characters. Issa Insecure and... spoiler alert. Lord, <laughs> I'm just mad that Lawrence got to call Issa a hoe and walked away, and nothing happened to him. And he had a good all night. He sure did. Like, hello, is it me? Like, I really want my Girl. female character once in a while to win. Girl, like, I needed him not to be winning that night, kissing Arpana, and I, I needed her to just up. go be dropped off. Yeah, and go let him brute somewhere. But I feel like Issa got a good swing in there, though. Oh, she did. No, she, she hit, him, what? hit him below the belt when she was just like, you and know, you I ain't depressed. getting no woo woo on my yeah. phone. <laughs> I was clapping. I stood up like, yes. You know what I mean? Like, call, call me what you want to, but you, where are you with this? Yeah. I supported you for years. Remember yeah. two years? Five. No, she said five. Oh, five years. see? Okay, she that's, said five that's years, a lot. Depression, all of that. And, all, and you could tell he was just so hurt because I was like, you keep bringing up the same thing. Like, yeah. she, slept, she stepped on you one time. Yeah. Also, uh, he should have left that dinner party. He yeah. sure should have. Okay. And Aparna, I think I'm saying her name. Aparna. Aparna. She shouldn't have came. Yeah. No. I like she's playing herself. And then you're going to sit down and make a joke? No. Girl. No. Mm-mm. 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 You are out of the circle of trust. Mm-mm. I like Lawrence. her, but girl, nah. Lawrence, right you, yeah, that was intimate. Yeah. But had I been, what's the couple, uh, Tiffany and um, Derek? Mm-hmm. I would have been like, Lawrence, let me talk to you for a minute. Yeah. yeah. And I'm <laughs> surprised Tiffany didn't do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, I would have been like, we're, what we're not going to do is make my man. I've related my to Tiffany. Man. Like, this is my man's <laughs> birthday my dinner. Man's I planned this. I wrote that. You know, I swiped my card. This is happening. You know, what those intimate dinners are she not created her own cheap. <laughs> yeah. Like, she's got custom place cards. And what you're not going to do is kill the vibe up in here. So, look, I'm going to need you to go. Thank you for stopping by. You and your new boo. We'll catch you at the after party. Yes, yes. So um, Charlie liked Tiffany as team carrot cake. So ladies, <laughs> can you tell us, would you serve a carrot cake at a birthday party? I find it very rude. What? Because Why is it rude? I mean, because I, I like carrot cake. Because carrot cake is so specific. When you have a and party, slamming. can you please give us <laughs> vanilla cake Why? so that the masses can eat it? And then you make your man a little carrot cake, okay? Girl. Don't give everybody carrot cake. I like that carrot cake. I bet it was good. I had carrot cake in my wedding. I had carrot cake in my wedding. And I told Yolanda, we had a big old carrot cake for anybody who wanted some. That was the primary. But then we had vanilla sheet cake for the others. You know what I mean? I feel like, you know, if you're going to be team all about me on your birthday or at your wedding, then you go hard on team all about me. 
You know what I mean? I've, I had cousins who got married and they were vegans. And oh, the whole menu was vegan. Everybody was drunk because nobody ate anything. <laughs> but they they were committed to what they needed. Oh oh um, but gosh. wait a minute. And sorry, really quick. Come on, y'all. Insecure open marriage Molly. Like, we have to. Molly. The bathroom scene. Spoiler alert. The bathroom scene. But can I go back danger. to the, before the Girl. bathroom alert, the, before the bathroom scene when he kind of mentioned like Candace was back. First mm-hmm. of all, I called her Tracy on Twitter. My bad. I don't know why I thought her name was Tracy, <laughs> but it's Candace. She and he wrote. Do you know? Cause maybe because I watched this episode twice. Mm-hmm. He rolled his eyes when he noticed that Molly was questioning or you know had reservations about. Candace being there he rolled his eyes and I was like you a down dog dude mm. man also if it's open boo then y'all should be able to stroll back into the table to the table hand in hand like oh yeah we just had a we just frolicked in the bathroom yeah. like why do you I have to stay, stay behind for three minutes man it's not open it's, it's not it's open it's only open to him it's only open to him I, you know if we find out that this is really open then that wasn't part of their rules cause nope. I'm telling you Candace was super chill she was yeah. like hey Molly yeah hey girl was she like cute dress or something yeah. like it was really comfortable but I, I did love that moment between Issa and Molly when she straightened when she the dress. Her, yeah. I was like, oh, yeah. this is the That's relationship. What friends do. That's your girlfriend. She's like, I'm going to hook you up right now so you don't play yourself, and we will talk about this later. Yeah. yeah. Malibu. Table it. <laughs> yep. God. All right. So let's get into Lonnie Love. Yolanda girl. Corey. Mm. We are in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. With one of entertainment's best comedians, talk show hosts. Wait, let me read it. She's laughing. Actress, uh-huh. author. Uh-huh. What else am I? Um, Auntie, I read on your book. Auntie, of course. Yes. Lonnie Love, I'm happy to be here. Okay. Hey. Lonnie, I'm sorry I look this way. It's just y'all threw Girl. one nice party last night. Oh, it was great. <laughs> The Essence Black Women in Hollywood event was the event, and I had did I had taped three shows wow. of the real, and I was rushing to try to get to the red carpet, and I was able just to make it. So um, happy wow. to be here. It was a great event. You turned that red carpet out because before you came in, I was looking at um, there's a uh, Jezebel did a roundup of like the best looks of the night, and there you were with that little <laughs> the lovely bang. I and- clipped on that bang. <laughs> And I, I threw that red on, on that the side bang. too. No, because I had to be fancy, I right? I love it. I clipped that on, threw that red to the side. Bam! When you see that picture, you see that red. Nobody else had that. <laughs> see, I was like, yes, you I was, did my thing. You was real unique. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. If that's how you want to describe it, yes. <laughs> love it. One thing we've been doing, asking people is, you know, our podcast is Yes Girl. Mm-hmm. So we're wondering, how, what does Yes Girl mean to you? And how many different ways do you say girl or Yes Girl in those meanings? Oh, shoot. I say, of course I say Yes Girl. Um, I think Yes Girl to me is a positive statement mm-hmm. because it kind of emphasizes when something you really want to emphasize, you can go with a yes girl, like you agree with it. So like if somebody is reading somebody, you go, yes girl, let them. <laughs> I say now the thing I'm starting to say, especially on the real is let them know, mm-hmm. let them know. Like when mm-hmm. our guests start getting into something, like we had a um, Congresswoman, woman, Maxine Waters come on and she was talking about, you know, what's happening with, um, the um, Obamacare and the ACA, mm-hmm. and she was like going in, and you know you could tell the mm-hmm. audience was hype. I was like, let them know, mm-hmm. let them know. So that's my yes, girl, mm-hmm. is let them know. Mm-hmm. You know, especially when I have guests that are really like getting it in. So I just think it's just a, a way to punctuate that um, you really want people to to get to their point. Yeah, 
exactly, yeah. exactly. Nice. Um, Detroit. Yeah, Detroit. all day. Well, there's something in the water in Detroit. No, you know what? We are underdogs. Yeah. You know, Big Sean, um, Eminem, we, we represent Detroit. Detroit, there's some hard workers. You know, we believe in in the element of hard work. We also believe in the element of family. Mm-hmm. And that's why when we get out of Detroit, we never leave Detroit. You know, Detroit stays within us. Mm-hmm. Um, I was raised in the um, Brewster Projects in Detroit. And my first job was at uh, an automobile factory. And this is before I decided to go to college. I didn't know nothing about college. Mm-hmm. And I got a job there, and I was working on a line making 500 cars a day. Wow. And, and that was the hardest work I ever did in my life. And I was like, it's got to be something different. And one day the line broke down, and then um, an engineer came down. And it was fine brother in a mm-hmm. suit in a nice white shirt. I was like, who is this? Mm-hmm. And he was like, oh, I'm an engineer. I'm here to, you know, work on the line and everything. And from that, because I was 17 when I graduated, he ended up um, – you know, mentoring me, and I under, I was introduced to the world of engineering. And from that, um, I ended up saving up my money because I was making so much money that I was able to save up enough to go to college. But wow. I, no one in my family ever went to college. So you paid for your own college? Your for life. that first semester. Wow. See, that's the problem. Oh, okay. I paid for that first semester. <laughs> yeah. I went down to um, HBCU, Prairie View Aiden University. Wow. Mm-hmm. And, Texas, um, yes. Yeah. All day, mm-hmm. Texas, <laughs> Detroit and Texas. But I only had one semester. And I didn't understand the concept of college. Mm. And when I went down there, I remember I told the, the counselor t- who signed me up for the classes, he said, you want to be an engineer? And I was like, yeah. And he said, well, that's a lot of math, a lot of science. I was like, okay, I understand that. Just, you know, no don't concept of, because don't blame my, my family, nothing, right? <laughs> I got all these classes. I had like about, mm, about five classes. And that's when it hit me like towards the middle that I didn't have money for the next semester Yeah, because I didn't do financial aid. I didn't do anything, but I studied really, really hard that semester. I got all A's and one B, but I was like, what am I going to do to stay in college? Cause I didn't have any yeah. money. Well, towards the end of that semester, the same counselor that, you know, questioned me about engineering, he called me into his office and he said, you know what? I saw your grades and you got all A's and one B. So I submitted you for a scholarship oh. and you got the scholarship and the scholarship was for general motors. And I became a general motors scholar and it paid for my college for the whole term of my college career. And didn't you work for general motors back? Then? Exactly. That, wow. That's why I t- Tell people, you know, and when people say, well, I can't go to college. And I, you never know what. The, you can always get some type of scholarship. Yeah. There's always some money. I didn't realize this, but that guy was looking out for me, you know, being yeah. a great counselor. And then while I was doing that, you know, I still needed money on the side. And one day I was at a bar down there in Texas, and they said, well, we're going to give $50 to the person that has the best story. And I needed that $50 because I need to pay for a book. So I just made up a story. <laughs> And won $50. That's what got me started in stand-up. I said, they pay people to tell stories on stage, you know? And Wait, you didn't there- win, like, the most comedic or funniest girl in no. high school or anything no. like that? I was just, just, I was just desperate. That's how my stand-up career started in college, because I needed a book. And, that's, and I made up a story. And then that's when I realized, well, let me start looking at stand-up. Because, you know, in Detroit, we really wasn't looking at stand-ups and things like that. It was more about surviving. Mm-hmm. So once I got into college, I started realizing 
the, the I started discovering the art of stand up, and that's when I started, you know, developing my own little act. But I stayed in school because that was during Def Jam days. And, you know, Def Jam was that raw hard comedy, and that really wasn't my type of comedy just then. So I said, I better, you know, you know, of course, my black mom was like, you know, get your degree. You know, you got that that scholarship, get your degree, get you a job, and all this. I'm like, okay. So I stayed in school, became an engineer, and. When I was graduating, I ended up having seven job offers at the end of, you know, by the time I was um, about to graduate. And there was one place in particular, it was El Segundo, California. And I picked that as my job because I remember Red Fox always talked about El Segundo. And I said, that's my place. Plus, it was in L.A. Plus, Tribe had that song. See? (laughs) So I was like, all of this. I'm going to El Segundo. And I went to El Segundo. I worked for Xerox for eight years, but I was unhappy because it was like I was 22 years old. I was in a culture shock of, you know, older white men. They looking at me. I'm looking at them. The Monday morning meeting, they up here talking about, yeah, we went to Big Bear for, with the family. And, and then what did you do, Lonnie? I'm like, I went to the Snoop concert, you know. <laughs> They looking right at me in the home beach. Yeah. yeah, you know what I mean? It's like back then we had pagers. Ooh, this is how long ago it was. Pagers. And the white men didn't understand because only back then, only people that had pagers was doctors or drug dealers. So I'm walking around the office with a pager. You were balling then. Yeah, I was balling. I had it on my boot. And then, no, I, you didn't. Yes, I did. I put my page on my boot. You couldn't tell me nothing. And they was like, why you have that pager, Lonnie? And I was like, because this is the thing. People need you know, to get people, in touch with me. Yeah, need to get in touch with me. This before cell phones, all of this. It was hilarious. <laughs> it just shows you the culture shock of when you put in a younger person plus, you know, an urban person in that corporate environment, you know. But, you know, I learned a lot from that, and I, and I used all of that to write material. And that's how I started developing my material. But then I was, I was also at a point where, you know, I had a boyfriend, you got this good job. It's time to make some decisions about careers and family. And um, I just wasn't happy. I didn't want to be married, mm-hmm. you know. And I, I said, I got to do something. And I was just really upset. I was just really, like, depressed. And I remember going to a comedy club one night because I had stopped doing comedy. I was just doing engineering. I went to um, the comedy store. And that night I saw all these guys getting up being funny, and I saw one female. Yeah. And – it was just something about what she was saying. That was, I was like, it's only one female, and I really didn't like what she was saying. Mm. And I'm like, I'm going to get back into doing stand-up. So I started getting back into stand-up, and I made some decisions that, you know, my boyfriend asked me to marry him. I didn't want to get married to him. And I just, for like three years, I started doing stand-up at night, and I was still doing my engineering during the day. And the thing about stand-up is that it's really hard, and you have to get exposure. So down here in Hollywood... At the Laugh Factory, every Tuesday, they would do an open mic. But you have to sign up at 6 o'clock in the morning because there's only 20 spots. Oh By 6 a.m., all 20 spots were taken. So I would have to go down there and sit all day because if, like, you signed up at 6, by the time you got back, somebody would scratch your name out. Wow. So I oh, would wow. sneak out of work, and I would, you know, wait all day just to get a three-minute spot because you, you could become a regular if the owner saw you. So the first time I did it, the owner really liked me, and he said, come back in six months. He will always tell you that, come back in six months, come back in six months. And within that time, I did it for three years. By that third year, I got a standing ovation, mm-hmm. and I sat down with the owner, and I looked at him. I said, look, 
I got a standing ovation. I've been doing this for three years. If you don't make me a regular tonight, I'm not coming back here. And he said, come back tomorrow night. And that's how I became a regular at the Laugh Factory. And that's what really helped me to, you know, expand my career in stand-up because I had always been doing what they call the chitlin circuit. You know, mm-hmm. we were doing the black circuit. We do the black club, stuff like that. But when you go into those clubs that we call professional or mainstream, you know, I got introduced to the Wayans brothers. Dave Chappelle was on the come up then. You know, and you learn a lot because I was hosting at that time. And so that's really what helped me to develop my stand-up into a more mainstream stand-up. And once I did that, um, one day I was still I was still working while I was doing all of this. Wow. So I was working. So wait, you, you engineer and then you go to the Laugh Factory. Yep. Oh I would God. do that. And did I, they know? Did Xerox know? Now, people started finding out that I was doing stand-up at, you know, at night. <laughs> and one day, one of my coworkers came to me, and he said, hey, HBO has this, um, they have this open call for uh, the Aspen Comedy Festival. Now, at the time, there are two major comedy festivals back then as a stand-up that you want to get into. It would be the Montreal Comedy Festival, and it was the Aspen Comedy Festival. And you could get a deal there, everything. Now, the Montreal Festival gave us Monique, gave us Craig Robinson, it gave us Niecy Nash. I know because I would go there because I couldn't get in, but I wanted to observe it. And the Aspen Comedy Festival was the same. So one day I was sitting at my desk, didn't know nothing about it, and my coworker said, hey, I'm just letting you know, HBO has this Aspen Comedy Festival. It's an open call. He said, I'll watch your, I'll watch your desk that day. Go down there and sign up. I was like, I don't want to. But I was calling all my comedy friends, and they was like, no, it's a cattle call i just snuck out of work since he was gonna watch went down there it was a three-day open call when i got down there it was the third day i was number 253 on the list i signed up you had 90 seconds to get yourself together 90 seconds to present something to come back that night now the 90 seconds i looked at all 252 people in front of me and i could tell who was going to make who didn't who wasn't who wasn't and so when i did my 90 seconds which was a minute and a half i talked about how when i went over to korea cuz we had did this gig over there they thought i was aretha franklin and then from that i ended up getting um the first pass i went that night and out of the 600 people for the west coast i ended up getting the one spot that got me into the Aspen Comedy Festival. And it was something what they call New Faces, where they have the top 20 comedians that they think are going to come up for that year. Out of that, I ended up getting the Best Comedian um, Award for the Aspen Comedy Festival. That was like 2002, 2003. And um, from that, I got my HBO deal, things like that. But I was still working. And one day, honey, I, I don't understand how you have all this energy. <laughs> no, because when you're trying to hustle, you're trying to hustle. Yeah, and and we, had a, wow. we had a layoff. This is, this is why I said you just sometimes you have to wait and let the process play out. We had a layoff. I went to my boss. I said, save a job and lay me off because I knew I had my mm-hmm. HBO deal. And he said, are you sure? Are you crazy? You know? And I was like, yeah. And I didn't tell my mama for a while. I was just told her I was on hiatus because I didn't want her to freak out. And I'm, we ended up having the layoff, and they laid me off. They gave me severance. And then I ended up able to work my HBO deal, and I never looked back after that. Wow. <laughs> All right, so let's jump a you little You never forward. know. People you never stories. know. 
You never know. That's why I tell people any opportunity that you see, no opportunity is too small. You know, some people want to look and say, well, I, you know, this is too big for me. It's like if you're not on TV, or if you're not, you know, on television, if you're not doing what you need to do, uh, take that opportunity. Yeah. Just try. It's not, if it's not going to kill you, do it because th- that might be the one thing you need to to boost your career. And also I'm, I'm listening to your story and thinking about the power of like that your professor that apply for your scholarship yeah. for you your co-worker was like hey go mm-hmm. down like you know just friendships and your circle mm-hmm. who you have and it's trust. very important to have a good circle of people you know and that's why i tell people if you're doing something let people know you don't have to let everybody know but let people close to you know that you know and it's not necessarily for for them to help you it's more so that they can support you because yes. i didn't even know that this guy you know would do this i mean i still thank him to his day his name is david gergen he works mm-hmm. at xerox i was like if it wasn't for you david i wouldn't have went down there mm-hmm. because i didn't know anything about it you know so it's very important to have friends and let people know you know your passions in life let them know how did you come to the real well what happened was um, <laughs> what happened what, <laughs> what happened was girl um we um i ended up having a development deal um i met um ellen degeneres and from ellen's show um the people from telepictures uh production company saw me and i really have to give it up because you know ellen making me uh, a reoccurring person on her show really helped to get me into the daytime space you know um people always try to you know ask me about ellen being a lesbian i said i had no problem with the lesbian women that's my man for me so keep doing it sister <laughs> um <laughs> But uh, so I love Ellen. Options. I love everything. She is options. That's that's all it is, you know. And so I ended up getting a development deal with Telepictures um, in the daytime space. And they said, you know, they called me in for a meeting. They said we have this um, idea for having a multicultural talk show, a um, little bit younger uh, panel of women, and um, we think you would be great for it. And so we had um, um, a chemistry test. Mm-hmm. And the chemistry test was about 12, 12 hours. They had everybody come in there. I'm, people be like, who? Who are some of the people that was there? Anybody that was black or Latino or in a reality show, I sat down at the table with them. And they know it. Some of the same women, they all know. So, and it was just basically because when you're doing a chemistry test, you're mixing and matching yeah. and trying to see. A lot of people can't talk. Now, you see, I can talk. But a lot of people can't talk or be interesting when they talk or yeah. listen. You know, it's also important. It's a talent. It's, exactly. So, um, but from that, they came out with um, what you see, the cast that we have. And um, that's how the, the reel came to be. The thing is, is that the reel, um, a lot of people didn't believe in that show. They didn't think it would be successful. It's not like any other talk show. It was never meant to be like other, because they try to compare it. That, that. That's not. That was never the purpose of the real. The purpose of the real was to hit a whole demographic that nobody actually um, notices. And the thing about when you do certain shows, like we're on a specific budget, 
our show is not a live show. Our show is a tape show. Um, our show is under a very uh, strict budget. And so we have learned to develop the show so that we can still operate under that budget, but also make it entertaining. So mm-hmm. we're constantly evolving the show and trying to make it so that it's something that, um, you know, we, we put on people. The one thing I like about the show is that we put on people that normally don't get on daytime TV. You know, I tell you what, Jocelyn. <laughs> no, but what I love too, because um, you know, where we work back in New York, it's you know we have the screens above us. Mm-hmm. So I love to look up, and you had you know, recently Brian Henry Tyree. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mm-hmm. hope I'm saying it right. Um, from Atlanta, mm-hmm. big boy. Mm-hmm. I mean, paper boy. Mm-hmm. And I, I was like, God. And he talked about his pens, mm-hmm. and he had a pen that said it's lit, but it was a picture of a book. Mm-hmm. I like went online. I like. I was mm-hmm. like, yes, I mm-hmm. thank you for like people like that. Because, yeah, you, you want to go after the big stars. Uh, but mm-hmm. you guys really do people that are mm-hmm. those breakouts or the really personable stars. And that's what I pride myself in because I tell people, you know, that's the purpose. For me, I get the, the most joy out of having people come on that, you know, don't get the shine, yeah. that have to wait years to get on a talk show. You know, everybody has a seat at our table. And now, you know, we have the co-host position happening. And the co-host position, we're allowing everybody from, you know, Angela Rye to, you know, Jocelyn Hernandez. To she Nene was too Lee. much. <laughs> Her and mm, it was too much. I you, love it, though. You know what I like about it, though? Um we're not a reality show. We're a talk show. And what I'm finding, especially this season, is that we're breaking these women to the point where they, you learn more about them deeper, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. that, you know, like Jocelyn's a mother. Yes, they have their characters and things like that, you know, but they're, they have very interesting lives. And so, you know, you try to get that out of them mm-hmm. because we, it ain't going to be a bunch of fighting on our show. We're we just not a reality show. We're mm-hmm. a talk show. And it's more about talking about issues and about things that's happening to, you know, to our demographic today. Up next, more Yes Girl to come. Ladies, school has started. And let me tell you what I'm not going to be doing is going to the grocery store. <laughs> no. Girl. It's not happening. I need to have my meals right at my doorstep. And that's why Blue Apron is my best friend. Easy, affordable. Pick it it's online. It's child friendly. It's fresh vegetables. It's fresh meat. All the things that my lo- my kid loves. All the things I love. And it's right there ready for me because I need one less thing to think about. Blue Apron is the number one fresh ingredient and recipe delivery service in the country. And its mission is, is to make incredible home cooking accessible to everyone. And I love that. Meals for one or meals for your family. I love that you can go online, select what you want. If you're not filling the menu for the week, you can put it on hold. That's yes. kind of one of my favorite features. And I'm, I'm particular my carrot cake and such you know yes bougie bougie <laughs> the, the you know I'm bougie about my seafood and Blue Apron is very particular about establishing partnerships with local farmers and one of them is from Monterey Aquarium Seafood Watch because you know in my head I'm from Monterey okay so <laughs> oh, they have seafood yes yes, yes. and <laughs> get that on Blue Apron also you know what I want to do I try I kind of want to go vegan or uh, be a vegetarian and I love that that's an option and also I don't I like that they'll have the meals already created for me so I can already be creative in what I make as a vegetarian meal. So I'm really excited about that. And if you guys are like me and you like to try before you buy, we got you. Go to blueapron.com slash yesgirl and you will get to check out this week's menu and get your first three, yes, three meals for free. 
That is Blue Apron, a better way to cook. Blueapron.com slash yes girl. And I did say free as in free 99, my favorite price. <laughs> wow. And how, what's your schedule like? Hectic. Really? Yeah. See, you still, don't you still go on the road and perform? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm going to tell you, um, like this week, okay, first of all, in seasons, you have sweeps. Like mm-hmm. the month of February is sweeps. So in, for those that don't know, sweeps is like when you really try to get um, your ratings up so you can get ad dollars mm-hmm. to help support um, the show. So and is that when people put the best episodes? You try to put the best episodes. You know, that's why you, you put NeNe Leaks. That's why you put Van Jones on your table. Um, we, you know, we get um, Angela Bassett to come and help us out. You you try to do whatever Did you, you see can. Angela Bassett last night? My goodness. She, you know what? For her to turn and say, hey, Lonnie. I'm like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> Angela. And then... <laughs> Shout out to Holly Robinson Pete because, you know, I was just like walking by and it was Holly Robinson Pete. It was Angela. It was Courtney B. Vance, Angela's husband. And they and the Essence photographer was about to take a picture. Do you know Holly Robinson grabbed me and pushed me in between her and, and Angela to be in that picture? I'm still looking for That picture's going to come out. I know it's coming out. So I'm Getty looking for it. Getty list. Yes. Yeah. Don't tell Angela I did this. So she was... <laughs> Hugging somebody uh-huh. and her butt, like oh, I want her butt. That woman looks good. I did an Insta story and it was just I was zooming and I was like I was all like, look at that. This is a fifty plus woman's ass and beautiful, it beautiful. I mean, just she doesn't even look. I mean, that's the one thing about black too. We we say black don't crack. It's the it's it's true. That woman, if you take care of yourself, you look great. Even if you, I mean, and I'm not even talking about me. I'm talking about the fact that I'm on a table with women that are, uh, five to six years. Adrian's 10 years, Mm -hmm. you know, younger than me. And it's like, it's very important because when you're on television, people, you have to have a certain look, you know, or people turn. That's just how it is. And so it's not so when you see people getting all this, you know, skin and things like this and plastic surgery, they're doing it because they understand it's a certain type of look. Mm -hmm. But with with our skin and everything, we take care of ourselves. We're okay. We all looking like Angela. And can we talk about this skin right here? Oh, my. Look at it. No, this is this is uh, brown liquor skin. (laughs) I'm sorry. I got brown liquor in my throat. I know y'all like what is wrong with her. This is I'm sorry, listeners. This is brown liquor in the throat. Y'all, Lonnie Lonnie Love is here. Yes, you are makeup free, but your skin is tight and I said, let me put on some glasses. I know these sisters gonna it be is like clear. It what? is smooth. Oh no. my goodness, it could look a lot better. But it's you know you asked me about my schedule. We yeah. taped we taped nine shows this week. We take Monday, Tuesday, Wednesdays. We do evergreen shows. We take nine shows. Then I knew I had to come to the event because I was not missing that. I wanted to support it. So I got out at like, um, I got up at six o'clock. I get to the studio. We shoot the three shows. Then um, I did my touch-ups and I was there at the show. So it was like a a 10-hour day. I've had four 10-hour days, but this is awards week. So I had to host the Makeup and Hair Awards on Sunday. I went to Peoria um, this Illinois? past week, yep, oh and did goodness. five shows, and then I did and another seven play, shows. No, and when you that's say five two, shows, that's what four planes. Five stand-up shows. I do five stand-up shows on the weekends. Most of the time, I do uh, five to four stand-up shows. So, yeah, 
That's, Let me ask you why, because you do have a job. You I mean you have a good job. Yes, but I also have fans and I also have my own brand. And yeah. you know, it's important to make sure that you adhere to that brand. It's not just me doing the real. I mean, I still do acting. I've been, you know, I do I try to do one movie a year. So it's like Mother's Day, it was you know, any type of comedy movies. And then it's pilot season. So um there are opportunities there. And then, you know, I was on the food network. I have yeah pilot out for that and I have a pilot out for my own late night talk show so this is like hustle you know I mean it's not just one thing now we have opportunities to branch out and do several things which you really have to because there's so many channels and stations you know we were just talking about how I was on um, Anthony Anderson's Animal Nation on Animal Planet Mm -hmm. Anthony Anderson has a late night talk show (laughs) on Animal Planet only him would come up with that only him (laughs) not only he only him only him Cause black folks, I mean, I know black folks got animals, but we don't really, like love our animals. And like he don't have like regular. Do. He have he have kangaroos on there. It's like <laughs> Anthony, what are you doing with a kangaroo? <laughs> Just because you was a kangaroo jack doesn't mean. <laughs> That you need to have a kangaroo on your show. But that just shows you, you know, our um our range, you know, that we can do. And um I was I was, you know, honored that he asked me to to be one of the first people to come on his show. And he's a really good host. Y'all check it out. Animal Planet comes on um, it's Animal Nation comes on Animal Planet on uh Fridays, late night. Talk tell us about your your circle of friends. I remember a long time ago we did a story about how and it was just I think it was Yvette Nicole Brown told us this. Like, you, her, oh my God. Retta. Mm-hmm. I can't even imagine. Sherry Shepard. But what it is, they get uh, they get confused for each other all the time. Oh. And that was that was our little story because she said so many – because people come up to her and be like, oh, Retta, I loved you in Parks. Mm-hmm. She's like, no, I'm lying. I call us the sturdy girl nation. <laughs> sturdy girls. <laughs> sturdy girls. Okay, there's a group of girls. Octavia Spencer's in it. Um, uh, Nisi, Sherry Shepard, uh, Retta, Yvette Nicole Brown. Who else is in 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 our Sturdy Girl Nation? It's a lot of us that get we all get mixed up, and you know Don't we all working. laugh about it. Yeah, because now it's a really good season because everybody mm-hmm. Retta just got onto a, a show. Um, uh, Nisi has her show coming out on TBS. Um, Sherry has a show coming. Everybody working. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Oh, Coco Brown. Mm-hmm. Uh, she just came on the show. And so what it is is that, you know, when we get mistaken for each other, we just laugh and be like, you know, we're like, hey, isn't she great? You know? <laughs> <laughs> That's all you do. You know, you don't take any offense anymore because it's just like it was a time when they they didn't know people's names. So, you know, people would mistake you or whatever, or they never mistook you because there wasn't a lot of, of, of African-American females out there. But now, you know, we're working and um, we're, we're helping to support each other. I mean, Taraji just did a, a great interview for my radio station. I um I have a radio show called Cafe Mocha Radio. Yes. And um with MC that's, Light. Yep, mm-hmm. with MC Light and with um Angelique Perrin. And um, we do a lot of work with Essence too. And these are all outlets. What I what I try to do is inspire and encourage women and also provide opportunities for exposure. So to be able to have somebody like Taraji and Octavia who you know, is now about to make history with her nominations. Yeah. I mean, we all started together. That just lets you know what's possible, yeah. you know. And you might see us all working together real soon. Ooh, That's almost I'm going to say. We got some exclusives. Exclusive. <laughs> exclusive. So, 
Kalani, how often do you make yourself laugh? Uh, I try to just have fun. Yeah. You know, if you watch me on the reel, you can see that sometimes I just, I'm in my own world (laughs) on the table because I just find certain things just funny, especially right now with what's happening in this um, political climate. I think you have to laugh to keep from crying. Mm -hmm. And um, so I try to keep people's spirits up. Um, I really laugh a lot at a lot of men Mm -hmm. because I see, you know, their insecurities and they Mm -hmm. trying to act a certain type of way. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I know you're feeling me. Stop. (laughs) Stop. (laughs) Stop, boy. That's for y'all next podcast. Stop, boy. (laughs) I love it. Hosted by Lottie Love. Stop, boy. Uh, How do you come up with your material? I'm very um, observant. Mm -hmm. I'm an observant comic. Um, I look at things and, like, I'll look at stuff and, like, like I look at Kim Kardashian, I'll be like, wow, you know, you can't be mad at her. She's hired more black men in the federal government, you know? <laughs> but what I try to do, I try to look at a positive because it's real easy to go negative yeah. with comedy. And I think especially with a lot of females, um, they tend to, especially, I, I'll put it out there, a lot of females go negative, you know, instead of, or they go snarky. And I try to be not snarky, but I try to be funny, but in a positive truth. That's what I, I call it. So um, so that's how I find a lot of my comedy. And, you know, especially when, you know, you're doing um, a show like The Real, you have to be somewhat clean. Mm-hmm. So that's always been um, a challenge, but it's, it's gotten easier. But that's another reason why I go out and do my own live shows because I can really let loose and be myself. But and also talk about things that I can't talk about or, you know, on a show because it's just not, you know, timing and things like that. What is the audience like when you do because I know you do a lot of colleges, but then you also, like you said, you're in those professional or the mainstream, like the comedy store and all of that. Is it it the comedy the same or you tailor it a little different? Or can you go a little more extreme? You can go extreme depending on because the thing about doing comedy clubs, you know, your comedy is going to be different. from the seven o'clock show from the midnight show mm-hmm. midnight show is there for a reason people you know drinking drunk <laughs> horny they just you know so you could talk about a lot of things whereas maybe the seven o'clock show you have like families i mean if i've had families it's my mom's birthday <laughs> okay you know you know so you kind of tailor it just to you know but really the tailoring is nothing but words you know maybe you say you know vagina instead of pussy you know what I mean? It's just it's just a difference. You, you say penis instead of dick. You know, it's just it's just a difference in words, and you may use adjectives differently. You know, so but that's wordsmith. That's you know, as comedians, you become wordsmiths, and you you know you learn to use your words in certain places where you know you know it's okay here, but it's not okay there, or you just want to tailor it down. You know, you might say chick instead of bitch. You know, it, it just depends. Speaking of words, are you have another book in you? You know what? We are working on one. We're working on it um, this morning. Um, this will be a I, my meanwhile. First... It's like twelve o'clock. You already have. We're working on a book. Now you're doing a podcast. I mean, <laughs> I mean, and it just turned twelve. But it's a wars weekend. You have to work. You know, it's just no. I will take tomorrow off. Tomorrow okay. will be my day. I live by the beach, and I will take tomorrow off oh, nice. where I just go chill out. I go catch up with friends, nice. and you know, 
do housekeeping and stuff like that. But, you know, this is like Lonnie Day. So it's like when they told me you guys are going to be here, I was like, I'm just, I just love this because I want to talk about, you know, what I what I experienced last night and things like that. So, um you know, you always keep, when you work for yourself, you have to always keep working. You, yeah. you don't really have major off days. Yeah. But what you can yeah. do is you can take time and say, okay, this is going to be time I spend with my family or, you know, things like that. But you always have to keep working. You know, Oprah don't take time off. Yeah. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Everybody everybody think it's easy to be Oprah. It's not easy being yeah, Oprah. No. Uh-uh. Oprah got to keep, Oprah worth $4 billion. Yeah. You think that's easy? Uh, and employs how many people? So she's helping a lot families. <laughs> a lot. A lot. You know? Yeah. I have one more question. Okay. I know you're a celeb and you're famous and all. I don't know about and that. But, okay. All yeah, right. And, but on the real, who have you met that you were like, oh my God? I mean, I know there's a, a big stick of views when guys come on, but like, who has been a guest that you were just like completely like, over the moon over? You know who I really was over the moon? I, uh, Lawrence Fishburne. Yeah. I think he was just so cool. And I like people because you know how they always prep you that you got, you have a producer that's like, it's Lawrence Fishburne and he doesn't want to play any games and, and you have <laughs> to be serious. And Lonnie, you can't say that you like him and you, you know, they give you all this set of rules, <laughs> these old preconceived rules. And you're like, okay. And then you get, he gets to the table. He's the coolest. You know, and he's cussing. I'm like, this is what I'm talking about. <laughs> All it is, Lawrence Fishburne. And it's like, but he was so cool. And those are always the guests that surprise me because it's like you have these preconceived notions from, you know, which they're just protecting their client and things like that. But when you actually meet the person and they're like, you know, they know me, I know them, we have a good time. Um, Lawrence Fishburne really has. And you know who else? I like the old heads that come, like the legends, Smokey Robinson. They don't need no prep. They just come. They can tell you (laughs) stories. You know, in 68, me and Martin Luther King and Marvin Gaye was at a bar. Like, really? You know, I love when those, the legends come on. You know, Gladys Knight, Patti LaBelle, because they just have stories. They're so full of stories. And it's not about, you know, promoting some. We're just promoting them. Mm -hmm. So those are like my favorite type of guests. Good. Well, you are now one of our favorite guests. Yes. Oh, thank you. I could talk all day. Okay. <laughs> you ladies are so great. Yes, girl. Yes, yes, girl. yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lonnie. Thank you. Right. <laughs> Thanks to our guest, Lonnie Love. If you enjoyed these conversations, be sure to listen and subscribe to other great episodes of Yes, yes girl. girl, such as our conversations with Angela Rye, Niecy Nash, and Marlon Wayans. You can find these on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or anywhere you get your podcasts. And don't forget to leave a review while you're there. And thanks, of course, to our sponsor, Blue Apron. Hi, my name is Jillian. Please support them the way they support this podcast. Thanks to the folks at Cadence 13 for their production work. And our special guest, Jillian. We'll see you next week.